This is Nick Brown, Global Commissioning Editor for ADC, welcoming you to another Global Health Podcast. I'm really pleased to welcome Tom Williams, who's a, an epidemi- a clinical epidemiologist based both at Imperial College London and at Khalifi in Kenya, where he does most of his clinical work. Tom recently wrote a fascinating paper on sickle cell anemia, which we commissioned, which has recently been published, and we'll be discussing the paper in some detail here today. Welcome, Tom. Thank you. Tom, I wonder whether we could start with a a little bit of a reminder of the basic biology and pathology of um, sickle cell disease and and the global burden of disease which results from it, just so people get uh, some context to to the paper. Thanks very much, Nick. So, yes, as I said, I'm, as you said, I, I work in Kenya mainly, and uh, and I work in Kenya because this is the is the area where most, uh, well, Africa, sub-Saharan Africa is the area where most sickle cell disease actually occurs. Although many of your audience and the archives readers will be based in Europe and the States, where we have uh, quite a large number of patients with sickle cell disease. The vast majority of people born with it are born in sub-Saharan Africa and India. Uh, so, roughly speaking, we we have about 340,000 children born every year with sickle cell disease, and over 90% of those uh, births are in either Africa, with the two um, most uh, common, uh, the, the highest incidence countries being uh, Nigeria and uh, the Congo. And, a surprise to some of your audience might be that the third, uh, the, the in the top three also is India. Uh, not because sickle is very common in most of India, but because of the large population of India and high birth rates, it's it's uh, leads to uh, India being one of the top um, countries for births of children with sickle cell disease. And these areas are uh, are the heartland for sickle cell disease because of the origins of the condition. Uh, which which is common in those places because of a positive selection for the carriers, those with a trait, a sickle cell trait, because they're very very strongly protective against malaria. So if you've got a, if you've got sickle cell trait, you're more than 90% less likely to develop severe and complicated malaria than you have than you are if you don't have it. So as a result of that, from generation to generation, it's become selected up to very high frequencies. So in Kenya, where I work, about 15% of children. Uh, have the sickle cell trait, and about one percent of children are born with the condition, and that's quite common throughout much of um, uh, of the region. Sub-Saharan Africa uh, has frequencies ranging from about ten percent to uh, to twenty percent of carriers, and anything from uh, sort of half a percent to two percent of all children born in many countries in Africa will uh, have sickle cell disease. So that's a bit about the sort of where it's come from and why it's why it's got there. Well, um, the the biology of the condition. One of the main problems that children with sickle cell disease get. Uh, I guess these can be uh, split into acute and chronic conditions, uh, and starting from quite early on. So, for the first few months of of life, children with sickle cell disease are generally fine. They don't generally have major problems until they're. Uh, age of two to three months, and that's because uh, until that point, um, hemoglobin S production continues to be produced in red cells and gets switched off in the first few months of life. And only when you get that switch over from high levels of hemoglobin S in red cells to losing that hemoglobin S that the 
hemoglobin F in uh, red cells start to, to reach um, high proportions. So in, in sickle cell disease, children and adults, uh, after about three to four months of age, the vast majority of the hemoglobin in red cells is hemoglobin S. The most common type of sickle cell disease is homozygous hemoglobin S disease. There are, uh, so that accounts for more than 70-80% of cases worldwide. There are other conditions that can result in, in sickle cell disease as well, including the inheritance of sickle traits in combination with beta-thalassemia, where you've got very low levels of normal beta-chain production. So that combination can give you a picture of uh, sickle cell disease, which is uh, very similar to SS disease. And then the other big cause of, uh, of sickle cell disease is the combination of sickle uh, hemoglobin S and hemoglobin C. So in terms of um, uh, the more clinical side of the, the disease, how, how does it evolve? How does it first present? And um, how does that change as children get older? So most children are quite well and, until two to three months of, old, of age. And they start to present clinically after about three months of age. Uh, mm. the, one of the more common early presentations is the hand-foot syndrome, which is a very characteristic uh, uh, syndrome in which uh, you get swelling either bilaterally or unilaterally of, of uh, the hands and feet. And it's probably caused by a sequestration of blood in the, uh, in the vessels, the small vessels of the hands and the bones. Uh, and that's, for some reason, uh, uh, not particularly well understood. It only occurs in, in babies and young children, presumably the, the growing bones, uh, and not after that. They can lead to some chronic uh, malformation of the hands in some cases, but most cases uh, passes on. Uh, then early, other early presentations are uh, acute anemia, often in infancy due to sequestration of red cells in the spleen. So you get a, a rapid enlargement of the spleen and a rapid development of anemia. And that's a, that's a common childhood uh, infantile presentation. Then uh, any acute Hemolytic and, and uh, event is, is quite common in, in early childhood. And mm. children often develop jaundice in the first uh, year of life as well and become palpably uh, jaundiced, and, and, and parents notice that. Um, so then there are a whole, whole range of different acute presentations that occur um, mm. later on uh, in childhood, and they uh, will include um, acute. Uh, infections, particularly so children with sickle cell disease are particularly prone to invasive bacterial infections, pneumococcal disease being historically very common, and other bacteria, um, sort of encapsulated organisms. Now, these are much less common these days now than in, in Western countries that most children are getting vaccinated against uh, pneumococcus and haemophilus, and, uh, and, uh, but they're still very common in, in uh, much of sub-Saharan Africa and India where um, vaccination rates are much lower. Then uh, other acute uh, uh, complications include uh, sequestration of blood in the, in the lungs, of course, acute chest syndrome looks very much like acute pneumonia with hypoxemia uh, and uh, a, a pneumonic picture. Um, uh, sudden, and sudden drops in hemoglobin as a, as a result of other impulses or sequestration. And then the thing that most many people will uh, recognize and sort of characteristic uh, feature of sickle cell disease is the intermittent painful crises that can occur in yes. particularly in the long bones, uh, legs, arms, legs, uh, femur, 
tibia um, and, and the long bones of the arms uh, and, and cranium as well and occasionally in the in in the um, costal costal um, and in the ribs and, and other bones as well so these are all common common things and, and, very, and it's, uh, it's very unpredictable uh, condition sickle cell disease so different people will have different manifestations some yeah. having more common more problem with pain and some having more problems with some of the other uh, other manifestations and the explanation to that is not terribly well understood that's fascinating Tom. I, I wish we had time to talk about the management of all the individual um, presentation phenotypes but I, I don't I don't think we do in this pod at least um, we'll save it for another time in in terms of screening for SCD both both in um, high and uh, low and middle income countries um, if you could talk through what's happening in the UK at least in terms of the screening program what and what is if anything is being set up in sub-saharan Africa yes well within in the UK and now much of uh, many parts of Europe though not, not all parts of Europe um, screening uh, of all births has uh, become the standard. Uh, so in the in the UK, particularly in England, in England and Scotland, first and in Wales slightly more recently, they uh, have introduced universal screening for sickle cell disease, in with the newborn screening uh, for other other conditions, including hypothyroidism and other things. So everybody, regardless of genetic and racial background, everybody is screened on the basis that uh, uh, the, the disease can occur. Uh, unexpectedly in in different parts of the population so uh, the, the the early diagnosis is really uh, really um, critical to the uh, to the to the management of sickle cell disease because in the first uh, year of life is when uh, many of the early complications arise and if you know that uh, someone has sickle cell disease you can plug them into uh, a, a clinic where um, where they they get proper counseling and instruction on yeah. Uh, what is um, uh, what to do in the event of uh, a different crisis and how to present early. Uh, so it's early diagnosis is really very important and uh, yeah. has led uh, in in the UK to a dramatic decline in a, in, a, in concert with uh, appropriate therapy to in in mortality. So only 20 30 years ago in the UK mortality amongst children born with sickle cell disease was something like 50 percent in the first in in childhood. And now it's down to uh, very, very low levels. So mm. almost all children now born with sickle cell disease in the UK will survive to very keen. Uh, and that's due to heightened awareness and uh, yeah. education and, and, yeah. and putting children early into treatment. Incredibly successful. Very uh, remarkably successful model. And no reason to believe that that wouldn't also be true in... Um, in many parts of the world where, it's, where there are high frequencies of sickle cell disease, mm. if that was possible. So, unfortunately, where I work in Kenya, there's no um, national screening program. We've had some local sort of pilot uh, studies which have shown good success in reducing mortality. But uh, in in Kenya, as in much of much of sub-Saharan Africa, there's still no routine uh, newborn screening program. And as a result, the majority of children who are born with sickle cell disease don't know they've got it. And mm-hmm. almost uh, well, many of them, 50 to 90 percent of them, will die in the first five years of life from infections and, yep. uh, and anemia and acute complications. They don't ever being told they've got sickle cell disease, which is a, a, a real crisis, a, a catastrophe, really, for some mm. of us. 
uh, in many many regards relatively easy to treat and uh, and and provide a, a reasonable standard of care for without a particularly big budget. Yes. So how do you see see things evolving over the next few years? So I think I think the the problem in much of the, the developing world is that uh, sickle cell disease is not really on the map. It's not uh, it's not being considered as something that's uh, um, a particularly high priority. Uh, that's uh, that's about to change, I think, in many parts of sub uh, Saharan uh, Africa, including where, particularly in, in the example of where I work in, in uh, on the coast of Kenya, all cause mortality has dropped by about 50% in the last 10 years. So uh, from 10 years ago, about 10% of all children born uh, in, in the area I work in would die by the time that died. Now we're mm. down to only about uh, 30 to 1,000, so it's, it's down by well over half. Uh, and, a, and a good proportion of that remaining mortality will be due to sickle cell disease because uh, we have a, approximately 10 children per 1,000 born with sickle cell disease in the area. So I, I'm, in co- I'm, I'm hopeful that, um, that as African governments start to see mortality declining, yes. that the importance of sickle cell disease will, will go up the, up the rankings and yeah, we'll start to engage with it and do something about it if we want to nibble away at the remaining mortality. Tom, that's fascinating. I, I could talk all, all day with you about this, but thank you very much for, for talking today. Um, I've learned a lot through both commissioning the paper and seeing it evolve and, and, and talking to you, as I'm sure every, every listener will do. Thank you.